Good morning. I'd like to uh, say this morning, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that um, I was offered the opportunity to come back and to um, stand in front of y'all this morning and hopefully bring something to your remembrance, uh, stir something up in your mind to remember that we are here to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and we know that that's the only way to worship Him. We know that we um, are forever thankful and in debt to Jesus Christ for the finished work of His Son, or through Jesus Christ. And uh, I just ask for your prayers this morning as I stand before you. And um, this morning, I would like to go to the first chapter of Galatians. But I wanted to say something this morning before I started reading. Um, you know, we were reading or singing the song, How Great Thou Art. And we're all familiar with that song. And it's a lot of powerful words in that. But, you know, we very seldom, I think, take in the beauty of what the Lord has created and the different things. Um, you know, the hills, the trees, all the wonderful things that we get to see and enjoy, you know, that we can look at and know that the Lord had a hand in that. You know, you think about, we, um, my wife and I yesterday, we decided to go up to Wintergreen and do a little skiing, snowboarding. And, uh, you know, we were up there and the weather changed and brought some snow in and it actually snowed a couple inches up there, you know. And to think that the Lord knows every one of them flakes. That, and to think of, you know, how he, you can't wrap your mind around it. I can't. On the vastness and the depth of that. And just, I mean, as is in the scripture when um, a sparrow falls to the ground, he knows it. You know, and that's something that makes you, really humbles you. And it really makes you feel like very small. You know, especially, you know, we think as we're out in the, woods or out somewhere and you see that mountain it's like man that thing is big but then when we think about the vastness of the lord that really puts it in perspective for how small that we really are and uh you know it's that's a wonderful song and it just it does something to me you know and it it uh as i've heard before and i've said before that a lot of times during the week we have um you know times have gone by and we've, through the week, and our minds might not have been in grounded in the Word as it is on something is in fresh in our mind, and um, I'm just so glad that we can come back here to meet and not have to worry about persecution or anything as that this morning to hear the Word of the Lord. But um, I would like to start reading in the first chapter, in the first verse of Galatians. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And we know that God is the author of all ministry. We know that he is, he is the one who sets the men before you to bring forth his word. We know that the Lord sets up the kings and sets up the people in power and but he has chosen Paul here, and we are all familiar, should be familiar with um, in the ninth chapter, I believe it is, of Acts, on how, Paul's, how the revelation of Jesus Christ was brought to Paul. 
how he wasn't out looking for um, the Lord. As a lot of people say that, you know, they found the Lord. Well, the Lord, was, the Lord found you. You didn't find him. You know, he is the one when um, it's, uh, let me read this real quick. Uh, gets me. It's in the, it's John, and it's in the sixth chapter. I always like the sixth chapter, but the 44th verse, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. <clears throat> so we know that Paul was chosen, and Paul's writing this letter to the church of Galatia um, to instruct them, as he did to all the, the churches, and to give them, which that's what this whole book is for. It's for our instruction, for us to um, be able to look at, look in here for any troubles that we have. For This is, if you want to say it better words, this is like our instruction manual to how to get through everything that is laid upon us through daily life. And <clears throat> I want to go back to that song that we sang, uh, It Is I. It says, Fear Not. I haven't done a depth study, but I'd like to know how many times the Lord said is written in here, fear not. I know it's a lot. And that should be encouragement to all of us for things for when we get down, for when we, this, as the scripture says, when we get entangled with the thorns and thistles of this world, that we should remember that we have this wonderful book and, the re <clears throat> and that the Lord would reveal it to us as we read and study to search out his truths and um, that's the only way, you know, for him to reveal it to us, to reveal it to one of um, an elder or a, a preacher or a teacher to instruct others. And then so forth that they can go forth and instruct others. We know that the scripture says that the Lord's word is forever. It will endure forever until he comes. So we know by that that he's always going to have a man laid out, chosen to preach his word. We, we know this. It's going to be, if it's something happens and say Brother Dolph and I and other people or something happens and we go away and the Lord calls us home, there will be another man to step in to fill those shoes. The Lord will take care of the needs. You know, um, that's what, we're not the shepherd. There's only one shepherd and that's Christ. We are considered the under-shepherd. We're just here to try to keep, the, keep it at bay, try to keep everything going as best we can until the Lord Jesus comes back. And we must continue to look forward, um, upward. For it says, if we um, be risen with Christ, we should look to the things above. But we're also going back to the text here that um, we know that the word apostle means sent. And we know that Paul was definitely sent to preach and to teach. And um, there's many epistles that he wrote for instruction, which is all, he was just, a, I want to declare this, that he was just the man who penned it down, that this all was direct from the Lord. Just as all the words in this book, this is the unfallible word of the Lord, and it's been preserved. And a lot of people, I hear this argument all the time, and people saying that, Oh, well, how do you really believe the Bible with it been changed and man, you know, doing from this to this to this to this? It's the Lord. Think about it. With him, all things are possible. You know, 
it might not be the exact correct, you know, it might not be word for word from what it was when it was pinned down, but the Lord has preserved it to where that we have this to go forth with his instruction. Now, we know that <clears throat> we, we do um, believe in the King James as that being the most closest interpretation from the Greek and the Hebrew. But we see that there's, a, what is it, hundreds of versions out here now? And, you know, it's, it's all watering it down, changing words. You change that word and you change the meaning of the word. Heck, you can even look in here and see a word and go to the concordance, and when you get to really studying it, it has no meaning to what you thought it meant or what it means in this present day. But um, getting back here, but by Jesus Christ, we know he, he chose, chose Paul as an apostle and God the Father who raised him from the dead. How wonderful that was for that transaction, that finished transaction to take place from Christ shedding his blood on Calvary. We know that, um, that Christ gave up the ghost when he had finished the Father's will hanging on Calvary, that he had done everything that he came to do that the Father had laid upon him. All the tasks he did or was laid upon him were completed. And when he gave up the ghost, the Scripture tells us that um, it was, he was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And that the wonderful voice of the Father called him forth to back to the right hand of the, back to the, right hand of the Father for where he gave him dominion over all things. And that's where he is now. That's where he's been. And he's been in power. He's been in power before the foundation of the earth took this moment the same. It's been no lapse. It's been no change. A lot of people want to think that, you know, the Lord just kind of wound everything up as a top and kind of let it go, but that's not... We, we should know better than that, and the Scripture teaches us differently. We, the Scripture teaches us the complete sovereignty of God and how He is controlling of all... how He is in control of all things. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, which is the children of God, heirs of His grace fellow ministers, assisting him in his work and travels. And he also has, um, it says here that he has <clears throat> studied Sosthenes, was um, Savinius, which is um, Silas, and then Timothy. And we know that there's, he makes mention of Timothy several different times. He actually wrote two uh, ministerial epistles to Timothy, also to Titus. <clears throat> Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had a pretty similar, when he, you can see a lot of simulation to when he wrote um, the letters to the different churches, that he has similar, that same greeting, kind of, um, it's always grace be unto you, how he always talks about how he has the church and the brethren in his prayers. How he always is um, trying to minister to the people, how he always is constantly praying for them, uh, as we should. As we should always continue to pray for our brethren and sister to, um, to help get us through things. You know, we don't know what everyone is going through on a personal level or anything of that. And, you know... We should just remember 
to say something to the Lord for them. You know, Lord, I just be with those people. Be with the brother and sister and help us get through. Because there's times when I need it, more so than, than say, you, Brother Dolph, or another uh, sister or brethren. You know, we don't know what everyone's going through, but the Lord does. And we have Him that we can lay our petitions on, that we can call call upon Him. And how great is it that um, when our Heavenly Father sent the only begotten Son to fulfill the law, that way, as we stand today, we can, call upon the, we can call upon the Lord and worship Him. We do not have to go to the high priest. We do not have to worry about the ceremonial things that went happened through the law and the way that that was carried out. That has been fulfilled. So we can call to Him and rest upon Him. And I'm so glad that uh, the Lord has put it in my heart to know those things. And I know from time to time, you know, look at, uh, look at Elijah. He goes through, there was times when he was just strong and bold as all get out. Then there's other times when he's weak and wanting the Lord to take his life. And that's a, I use that quite often, and I mean, that's a, that's a pretty clear example to me of us, of how we are. One day, one minute, we might be fine. And then the next, we have that fear and that the world just overtakes us and you know, I know it's a hard thing to do, and to, but we need to try to remember that when those things happen, talk to the Heavenly Father. He knows our heart. He knows our, the tent of our heart. He knows our thoughts. And I'm just so glad that we have, we have Him to go to to lay, to lay our burdens upon. Who gave Himself for our sins. For the finished work on Calvary, we know that he paid that debt, that he willingly, as Isaiah said, he was a sheep before the slaughter, went and paid that debt, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, <clears throat> which is a corrupt life of man without Christ. How I think back in times of when I did things and the Lord hadn't revealed himself to me. And I look back and think of things and why, why in the world did I do such a thing like that? Or, I mean, I just can't picture it in my mind or wrap my mind around it on the way I was. But, you know, we were going, I was going along thinking everything was all right. Wrapped up in my own sin, didn't know anything. Thought that you knew it, but it hadn't been revealed to you yet. And then it's like, bam, when you got hit over the head, just like, look, look at Paul, or Saul of Tarsus. Paul, look at that. He was blind for several days. It's, it's so, so great that uh, the Lord loved us that much before we even knew him before we had anything to do with it, that he paid that debt. Uh, I've heard this example, and I, I liked it, and it stuck with me. Um, you know, we always, when we talk of uh, eternal salvation, and talking here, it says he gave, our, gave himself for our sins, 
You know, think about we have a house payment or some big note that we've got to pay. Say $150,000. You go to the bank. You're making payments every month. Well, you go to make your monthly payment, and you call the bank, and they're like, no, sir, Mr. Smith, that's already been taken care of. You had nothing to do with it. You didn't know that. It's the same thing with what Jesus Christ did for us, for his people that were given to him before the foundation of this earth. How, wouldn't that want to just make you just shout at the top of your lungs and try to serve him the best you can? And that's what we try to do, and he knows that we fail and know that we're, you know, we're not going to be perfect. We will, one, we will on that final day when he calls us, we'll be perfectly in a glorified body, and we'll know it all, and we'll know all, as the Scripture tells us, when we're with Christ. What a wonderful, wonderful hope that we have through the Scriptures and through the teaching of Christ to know that that's for us. That, that's, that is secured for us. To know that when we leave this body and we take our last breath, that our, we don't die. Yeah, your body goes into the ground, but your spirit goes back to God who gave it to be with him forever in glory until the last day for when the great resurrection and we will be in the glorified body and be completely unified with Christ, praising and, <clears throat> excuse me, praising and adoring him forever. I don't know of anything else <laughs> where people would try to... There's nothing to compare to that. And, uh, you know, people who, that it hadn't been revealed to have no clue about that. And we, you know, we try to, to preach and teach just like he told us, but it's all upon him for, to open their ears to, to whether they will hear it. A man can stand up here and preach the gospel and preach the gospel and preach the gospel, but if the Lord has not revealed it to you and opened your ears, you're not going to hear it. It falls on deaf ears. And he makes, very, he makes mention of that several times in the Scripture. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Christ paid the debt of his people which all glory and honor are due to him. It's nothing, it's nothing that we did. It's nothing for us to stick our chest out and poke out about, to boast. He tells us to be humble. Think about this, that in the 13th chapter of John, when the Lord, they have the supper, and it comes to the Son of our Holy Father, of our Heavenly Father, Christ, to get on his knees and to wash his apostles' feet. Think about the humility and the humbleness of that. And it's a very humbling thing when it comes to communion time and we had the Lord's Supper and partaking of the Lord's Supper and we gathered to wash the saints' feet. It's, I know that there's only, only John recorded that in his gospel, but that's what was done, and the Lord has laid it out, and we should carry on with that. It's a very, very humbling thing to, to think about. It just makes you, as I said again, it makes you feel just like you're nothing, small, in the grand scheme of it. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And here in the church of Galatia, 
and it's in other churches as well. And Paul addresses this, that there were a lot of uh, men who were trying to say that you had to do, they were still trying to hold the law, the law of Moses. And they were still trying to say that we, you were supposed to do the law this way. But Paul is telling them that you can't have, or excuse me, Paul is saying, uh, the people were saying that, you know, they have part of the law and part of grace, which that don't work. We know it's either all grace or all the law. And Paul goes into that. Um, I'm not sure which epistle, but he goes into that, uh, I know at least once or twice um, through the scriptures here in the New Testament. And um, think about this. There's only one gospel. There's only one doctrine that's of Christ. The same thing that Christ preached when he walked this earth, the same thing the apostles preached, is the same thing that we preach. Christ crucified, his death, burial, and resurrection. For without that, it's all vanity. Scripture says so. That without that, for that's, as I said, that seals the deal. That, that was the blessed hope for him calling, our, for the Father calling forth Christ from that tomb. We know, as I said, that's, that's the blessed hope. But, um, you know, that's very prevalent today. Look at all the different, the world, and look at all the different ways as people go and, and worship and um, change things, want to try to use the, use the scriptures to benefit them, to benefit their um, agenda, which the Lord says, the scriptures say, there's nothing to boast in. There's nothing to, nothing for the men. Um, I can't get that thought, but it'll come back to me. But the, uh, it's not of men. It's all of Christ. And um, <clears throat> Paul goes on to say here in the, all right, I want to back up. The sixth verse, Paul Paul is rebuking the church of Galatia for their inconsistency, which suffered themselves to be deceived by false apostles who preached ceremonies of the law where were necessary to salvation. And as I said, that's completely not what the Scripture teaches, which is not another. But there, are, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. The doctrine which attributes justification to the works of the law or mixes grace and works for salvation, which is the doctrine of false teachers and is no gospel. And um, we see that so prevalent today. So prevalent. Um, you know, it's... But you know, <clears throat> the scripture says that Christ was not of this world. And if we are his, we are not of this world either. And we, always, and we will have that persecution. We might not have the exact persecution of being policemen coming in here right now and locking me up and throwing me in prison as they did, you know, Paul and Peter and 
a lot of the apostles when they were um, jailed for preaching the word. But there's a lot of men out here that do pervert the gospel. And, um, you know, that'll be dealt with. The Lord will, will deal with that. If it's, uh, when it comes that time, we read, I believe it's in Matthew, one of the Gospels, that where the, the people come up to Christ at the end and like, Lord, Lord, we've done all these things in your name. And he says, depart from me, I never knew thee. That's pretty hard. That'd be, you know, you think you got a man here that's been going along for all these years and thinking that he's doing the right thing, and then bam. It's hard to think about sometimes. But we're seeing the perversion of the gospel, how they're changing it, changing the words, as I said earlier. You know, they, they changed the meaning. They got all these, oh, well, it means this, and oh, it means this. But Christ said it. If, if it's written in this word, in this scripture here, and I'm reading it to you, and you have a disagreement with me on what it says, I didn't write it. I'm the man who is reading it and um, teaching it to you. That's between you and the Lord for the, uh, on that. <clears throat> but though we, or an angel from heaven... Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. It's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy words, isn't it? That just that that judgment will come because Christ, you're not going to do anything and not not where it's going to kind of skate free and all in all a freebie. We know that the Lord will. Be fair and just. If it were possible that in, that any should, if it were possible that they should do it, whereby Paul declareth the certainty of his preaching. Paul accursed those that preach any other gospel than he preached, and as well as look at what the um. Look at all the Pharisees, how they were with Christ. They tried to trip him up, and it was like, this is, this is Jesus. He just come from, this is, isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? Like, they didn't, they didn't have any idea on, what, on, um, on Christ. But uh, thank goodness, <clears throat> but thank goodness that Paul went forth and preached the word as it should be. For think about this. Think about if Paul hadn't preached to the Gentiles. What shape would we be in? A whole lot worse than what we are now. And we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. It's pretty serious when it's written down one time in the Lord's in the Word. But when he writes it again, that's, to me, that's like when he says, take heed, or to woe, this is, hey, he's, this is serious. We need to really pay attention to this here. Because we know that this is going on. It was going on in that day, and it's still going on in this day. 
about how you have all these men who will come up and lead the, God's people astray. It, it happened in this day, and it's happening in our day. For do I now persuade men, or God? Or do I seek to please men? If I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Because when we serve Christ, we serve Him. This is not for any man's doctrine or anything for man. This is not to stand up here and boast and say how this and that. This is all, <laughs> I'm nothing. John said he wasn't even worthy to unlatch at the shoes of Christ. So where does that put me? We know that he was not, we know that Paul was not, according, and through the scriptures is a very concrete testament of how Paul didn't persuade men. Look at all the things that he went through and the other apostles through his preaching. Figured it up. Paul had 195 scourge marks on his back. Was beaten with rods, stoned, thrown in prison. Where would that lead us? Where would, you know, just quit preaching and we'll leave you alone. That's how, you know. But the Lord was with Paul. And Paul knew that all these trials and troubles that he went through were just a small thing to the glory, to what we, the blessed hope that we have with Christ. And this book, with these holy scriptures being revealed to us, we get to, we get to see and to realize that, think about this, you know, we have and we rest on the finished work of Christ and through his blood. Well, just think about if we didn't have that. We would have no hope. We wouldn't have, I mean, you know, this world is so dark and Christ is the only light to shine through. But just think about that if we didn't even have that glimpse, if we didn't have that light. Think about people going through this world. It's just, it makes you have a whole pers a different perspective on life and the outlook on things. You know, we know that we go through these trials because we all do. Might be fine right now. It might be rough as I don't know what for you. I, have, I don't know. But I know this, that when you call upon the name of Christ and put those burdens on him, he's, he will see you through, that he's the one who laid them burdens on you. Satan tempted Christ. He tempts us. Since that a Pharisee, I was made an apostle, which Paul was. Um, he goes, if you study in the book of Acts, it goes through... Um, some of his life as an apostle, as a, uh, excuse me, as a Pharisee, but that was all before the Lord changed his heart and bestowed him with the Holy Spirit. For we can see the difference in Paul. Look at the difference in the apostles following Christ for the three, three and a half years to when he bestowed the Holy Spirit to them after the Mount of Transfiguration. Look at the difference. Look at Peter. A couple days before that, Peter denied Christ. He says, Lord, I ain't going to deny you and denies him. That's how we are. We do the same thing. 
You know, we say we're strong, we say that, but then time and just... But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. How wonderful that is to know that the doctrine invented by man, the doctrines, I should say, the doctrines invented by man, glorifying man, and man's authority has nothing to do with God. The Lord said that he is a jealous God. We're supposed to honor and worship him, not some man, not some idol. It's not just, might not just be an idol, say, as the molten cow was. For the Hebrew children, could be you know it's anything that we put above Christ, which we should have Him here and put us way down on the list. For He, you know, we should exalt Him over all. He's the one who gave us this breath that we breathe every every day that we take for granted. It can be gone within an instant. He gave it to us, and He can take it away in an instant. We should be thankful, always giving thanksgiving and praying for the things that he has bestowed upon us. And uh, just look to the good, as Brother said earlier, you know, try to look to the good in, in the situations. Think about, well, we go back, think about when Christ, uh, you know, when he was on the cross, which we know through the scriptures and we know that he had to fulfill all that exactly perfectly. But think about this, if he would have came down, you know, he, he had the power to come down, and, but it wasn't the Father's will. And he had, was doing the Father's, he was doing the will of him who sent him, and that was the Father. <coughs> for, neither, for I neither received it of, men, of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And now, I mentioned earlier about an axe. And there's a man in there, if you go back, when Paul was a Pharisee, and he did a bunch of studying under the Gamaliel, I think is how it's pronounced. And um, it says, he, uh, I wrote here that, not from Gamaliel, at whose feet he was brought up and was taught the law and traditions of the elders. The gospel is not taught of men, but of God. He is the one who reveals it to us. He's the one who um, gives us that revelation to have the understanding. And it's not like uh, it's not like you're just gonna have it all poured in your head by any means. I can tell you that by standing up here and trying to uh, proclaim the gospel and preach to you that it's it's it's, it's some studying. Brother Dolph can attest to that, I know. And, uh, you know, we have to just get in there and find it ourselves and uh, that the Lord will reveal it to us and that we would be able to reveal it on to other folks to continue establishing that as Paul writes and tells Timothy about how he should be establishing deacons and elders and how that it should be done so that they can do that and then they can um, ordain and so on and so forth, and it just keeps on going down. But we know that his will, or his word, will always go forth. For ye have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, 
region, religion, region, excuse me. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Think about that. You've got this powerful man in his day. You know, he's rich. He's a Pharisee. He's got all these things going for him. And through in his mind, because the Pharisees were self-righteous and they wanted to carry out the law, that there was, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And he says, oh, man, these people are worshiping Christ over here, and they're talking about this grace? No, nah, that's not right. And he goes on. But see, as I said, the Lord, at his time, revealed himself to Saul and strikes him down. And I, I, I'm maybe a little bit on the assumption, but I can see in studying the Scriptures that that, that carried that weight of persecuting the church was with Paul the rest of his life. He carried that with him. He carried that guilt with him till he died. I know he did. Now you think about this. Think about the guilt and what was going through his mind after this when he first was holding the clothes for when Stephen was stoned. Think about that. He had that guilt with him too. I'm sure, I'm, I can't say 100%, but I'm pretty sure that it was with him. That would be with us, too. I would almost want to say that something would be wrong with you if it wasn't. And profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. They're more worried about the traditions. That's uh, the Pharisees, you know, they, they all wanted the traditions of this, the you know, we got to carry on with what Moses and the prophets. But when Christ came, shed his blood on Calvary and paid that debt, that was gone. Fulfilled, I should say, more better word. Um, that is the law of God that was given to the ancient fathers, which we know that. And we know that that was the way that they worshipped in that day. And that's what the Lord had laid out, but he knew they couldn't keep it. That better covenant. Better covenant with Christ. <clears throat> but <clears throat> when it pleased God, that's on God's time. When it saw to him, fit for him to reveal it to you. And nobody, nobody can... Say, all right, Lord, what time, you know, you can't, oh, hold on, I, I want to read one verse, it's going to come to my head, it's in, uh, I like it so much, let's see, Daniel, <clears throat> the fourth chapter of Daniel, 35th verse, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed, <clears throat> reputed as nothing, and he doing according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand. Or say unto him, what doest thou? That's, that's written pretty good. There's no one that can say that. Only him. On his time, when it pleased God, who separated me from my, womb, from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. <clears throat> he's talking here, he's saying about the... Um, God's eternal predestination and how first his eternal counsel then appointing from his mother's womb 
And third, thirdly, his calling. And we know that, um, as I said, it's all upon the Lord's time when he sees it fit to reveal it to you. And um, <clears throat> that, as I read in, out of John earlier, he called them. When he draws them, you'll hear that call. Whether it be from the time in the womb, or it might be on your last breath. That's not for any one of us. That's on him. But he will reveal it to you. If you're one of his that Christ paid the debt for, that he died and shed his blood on Calvary, you'll be there. You're marked in. Because that's with his word. Not my word. It's Christ, the solid rock, saying that you will be there with the blessed hope. Shouldn't that just get you fired up? I mean, shouldn't that just get you smiling from ear to ear to know that? To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately, I conferred not with the flesh and blood. Paul surely had the revelation of Jesus Christ. He certainly knew it. And um, he certainly had the Son revealed to him how it is in all of us, all of the children of God. And we do these things because we love him, because we want to do them. I remember you message a while back, it's not out of fear or out of, you know, it's out of love. His only begotten son, the one that he loved, sent him as a sacrifice, a willing sacrifice for us. That's, think about Abraham when he went up on the mountain with Isaac. Think about that sacrifice. Think about what was asked of Abraham. Now Abraham knew, because he told the men at the bottom of the hill, he said, I and the lad will be back. But he knew in his mind that if he would have had to slay Isaac, the promised seed on that altar, that he knew that the Lord had the power to bring him back. And we see that in that, in that um, account there. And as I said here, the um, to reveal his son in me, which we know that it was revealed unto Paul. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And we know Paul is going out teaching and preaching. He's not, um, he didn't just go to Jerusalem. He went to the places where I'm sure the Lord had burned him and laid it on him and sent him as the apostle. That what that word means, sent. That, uh, you know, he went to Arabia and he went to Damascus. If you look in um, Acts in the different uh, journeys that Paul went on, he traveled a lot of places. I mean, look at all the, I mean, you think about the different churches that he wrote letters to in all the different places. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But the other, but the other apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. So he went up there and was looking for them, and all he, got, all he saw was James. Now, the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Paul's not just coming up with this, as I said. 
he's not just writing this out of left field. This has been directly inspired to him from the Lord to pin these things down, just as all the rest of the scriptures, the holy scriptures. You know, there's a lot of people that try to discredit the scriptures. Oh, well, this and that and all the accounts and so many years ago. Well, <laughs> look, Isaiah is, what, seven, 700 years or so before Christ was born? That's pretty clear in the prophecy. Heck, he says, I mean, you can go back, look at the third verse in the, 15th, the third chapter and the 15th verse of Genesis. That's it right there. That's a long way back. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Sicily and was known by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. And we have a lot of account of that. Most of the time, if you study in Acts again, um, when Paul's going around, that's normal. He goes into the synagogue. And he goes in there and um, tries to enlighten the men. You know, he's preaching to them. He's like, hey, this, y'all are continuing worshiping the law this, that's been fulfilled. And then gives them this wonderful news of this grace that's bestowed upon us. It was freely to us, but it wasn't freely to Christ, for he paid that debt. And think about the, the wrath that was poured out upon him that day. For all of our sins, for all from beginning to the end, was on him. No one could handle that debt. No one could pay that debt but him. And was known and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, but were but excuse me. And was known by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. That's kind of a hard thing. You know, I believe it was when you go back, to, was it Cornelius or Ananias when Paul, when he was sent to preach to him or to it was Ananias. When he was sent to minister him, he was like, whoa, 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 no, this is Saul of Tarsus. Like, he, you, look at all the people he persecuted, man. He, he was throwing people in jail for worshiping Christ. But you see that change, that change in that heart. And they glorified God in me. Do you, I couldn't imagine. I can a little bit because I know just think about this. Think about if you've got a bunch of people in there in the synagogue and Paul comes in there and they hear this wonderful revelation about grace and the Lord has worked on their hearts similar to the um, sermon at, the, at Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And they had this working in their heart and then they just realized like, man, we were so wrong and just rejoicing in the work of Christ. As, uh, as I've used before, it's due, that due. He says, my doctrine shall drop as due. And how that good old water, how we are when we're thirsty. And we are, we get thirsty, not just physically, but spiritually. And how refreshed we feel from hearing the Lord preached, from hearing his word preached, and how we can go on and it gives us a little bit of encouragement and 
a little bit of knowing that we're able to get through the day to, to call upon Him and rest, to, uh, to rest upon Him. And I just rejoice so much, and I'm so thankful that the Lord has bestowed that upon me. And um, may the Lord bless y'all.